Today, I want to talk about, uh, this is the last week of inheritance. We just entitled today, Elevated Heartstrings, Storing Treasure in Heaven. Um, this is one of the, probably one of the greatest inheritances that we have as children of God, is that um, we get to store up things and treasures that don't rust or run out. Everybody in the earth is storing up things, whether it's things, material items, um, even loved ones, material things like that, that you're trying to pass on to your next generation. But everything we gain here on earth will amount to nothing when we die. Sad story, right? We're living our entire life. You work your tail off to gain, 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 gain. And then when your last breath is taken, is gone. But as a child of God, we have the ability to store up things that will not rust. I want to look at that today is how do we store up treasure in heaven? How do we as a church navigate the inheritance we have as being the king's kids? So would you turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew 6 verse 20. Matthew 6, verse 20 says, Store your treasures in heaven, where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, first thing we need to do today is define treasure. We all have treasure, and what Jesus does, and I put this in the notes, is Jesus uses treasure to represent something we consider more important than something common. Treasure is something that motivates your actions. I can tell what you treasure because if I look at your calendar or your checkbook or bank statement, or, you know, because some of us don't do checkbooks anymore. When I look at your bank statement, I see where you spend your time. I see where you spend your money. I can tell what your treasure is. I can tell what you're after. I can tell what motivates you, what wakes you up in the morning. I can tell just by looking at where you spend most of your time, talent, and treasure. So what Jesus is defining for us is treasure. That which, which motivates us, that which takes us from uh, no effort, not living for it, to really going after it with all that we are. Jesus is giving us a reality check, though, here, of what really matters in life. He says, look around. Everybody's storing up treasure here on earth. He said, but the problem with that is, if you store it here on earth, it's going to amount to nothing. Thieves are going to break in and steal. We all have locks and security codes and safes and banks that we put all of our valuable things. But here on earth, all the things that we acquire amount to nothing. And Jesus was saying, do not spend your life wasted. Please don't waste your time, don't waste your talent, don't waste your treasure going after the things of the world that will amount to nothing. He says, instead, put your treasure in heaven. Store it up in heaven so that all of what you store stays with you forever and goes to eternity you know you have a bank account in heaven do y'all know that you have a bank account in heaven now it's not an actual bank account if it were 
I mean, that would be pretty cool. You have a, like, a heaven debit card, you know? Because, I, I don't know, I don't think there'll be, like, like, I have a debit card right now with um, the flyers on it. I couldn't get Eagles, you know? I don't know what that is with Wells Fargo, but I need to work that out. I mean, if you're going to have a good team, a godly team, you need to have the Eagles. Nothing against the flyers, but you know what I'm saying. But in heaven, we are living ahead. We are living forward. We are living not for the days in front of us. And if we focus our entire life on storing treasure here on earth, then we're going to accomplish nothing. Nothing that will last. Um, how many want to store up treasure that will last forever? A, a treasure that is beyond what we see here and now. Beyond the earth. Um, we were moving um, Adara just the past days, and man, her place is awesome. So excited for her. But when we were moving all of her stuff, I was thinking back, because, you know, when we moved out of Oxford, uh, we moved from the suburbs to the city. And how many know that however big your home is, is how much stuff you require to fill it, right? Because you always fill the space you have. And I, I never realized that until we moved from a trailer. We had a double-wide trailer that I moved my wife into, and she still stayed married to me, okay? But I was like, yeah, we had a double-wide trailer out in the middle of the country, in the middle of nowhere, and we moved to the suburbs, a bigger house, bigger basement, more storage. And so we acquired a lot more stuff. And it's not like you do it overnight, just little by little. You're at the store, hey, we can get that. Hey, let's get that for this season and get that for this season. And all of a sudden, your basement becomes full of stuff. Well, I remember the time as we were moving Adair out of her place to her new place. Uh, I remember being in that Oxford home, putting things in the car and thinking, this is never going to fit in our city home. There's no storage. We don't have a basement. We don't have a, a closets on closets. It's like out in the open. So what you have is what you have. And I remember all the bags and all the things we got rid of. I mean, it was so much. It's kind of embarrassing, but we got rid of like 72 trash bags of stuff. Now, it was junk. It was not stuff that's like, oh, you got rid of what? It was like things we had been keeping and storing for God knows why. And we got rid of it all. And I, I was thinking back to that because when we moved uh, into our house, we got rid of so much baggage, so much stuff that it didn't matter anyways. And then my mind raised to when we moved out of the storage unit, because some of you don't know, but when we first started this church, we had a storage unit that we kept our church. And we kept the speakers and the lights and the, all the stuff for kids. We had fake walls that we put up for the kids so that they could have time and pipe and drape on pipe and drape on pipe and drape. That's a curse word in our, in our team right now. Pipe and drape, we all get t tingles. <laughs> we still have, you know, night terrors from pipe and drape. Well, we, we would go to the storage unit, we'd pick up all the stuff in our trailer, and we'd bring it to Punchline Comedy Club, and we'd set it all up for church on Sunday, and then come 1130, when the preacher would finally stop preaching, the team would go to work, and we'd tear it all down and put it in the trailer. But I remember when we moved from the storage unit into this building, and finally we could see everything. We had all the outreach materials. We had the cotton candy maker and the popcorn maker. We had the inflatables and all the pipe and drape. Woo! Still gets me. 
We had all the stuff. And I remember when we first got in here, it was like, all right. Because here's, here's the shift. The shift isn't not gaining stuff. The shift is when you start using earthly materials in order to store up treasure in heaven. The difference is when we, we got into this building, all of a sudden we could see what we had invested in, what we had taken part in, what we had accumulated so that we could be a blessing for those around us. All of a sudden now everything we invested in was gaining traction in the kingdom. I remember the first time that we did the backpack drive. And the first time we set this place up like a carnival. Yo, who was here for that? Yeah, all right, we got one, two, all right, three, yep. <laughs> I see you OGs. You're like, oh, okay, me too, I was there. And I remember when we first got, I mean, it was just out of construction, so the place was still a little bit, you know, chaotic a little bit. So we set up tables, and we made the place a carnival, we set up all the games it was like in that moment, I'm like, okay, all of this stuff, all of the things we've accumulated now is setting kingdom in motion. It's showing the heart of the Father to these little ones. It's showing God's heart to the families in this community. It's taking what we have invested in, and now we're storing up treasure in heaven. I want to ask you a question, because sometimes when we talk about treasure and we talk about things like that, we can get caught up in the, the wrong preaching about treasure. When we talk about money, money, we've got to ask this question, is money the root of all evil? No. What is? The love of money. The love of money is the root of all evil. Not money, not material items. And I think here's the shift that the church has to make is that we start to see things as vehicles for the vision of God to be accomplished. We have to look at our resources as the kingdom's kids. We have to look at what we have in our hands, what God has blessed us with, as vehicles to make the vision go. We invest in so that God can move. The love of money, the love of materials. And Jesus was saying this to those listening. He was saying, hey, listen, don't store up treasure here on earth because when, where your treasure is, there your heart is. Did you know your heart follows your treasure? Your heart follows your time? We could just break it down like this. Your heart follows your investment. Where you invest, your heart will follow. And I want to look at three things First off, let's go here. Here's how I, I visualize it. Yeah. <laughs> Think about this. You could go your whole life up to this point and never see a Jeep Wrangler. And then you buy a Jeep Wrangler. You invest in it. And guess what you start seeing? Jeep Wranglers. They're everywhere. I've never noticed Pathfinders. Nissan Pathfinder. Never noticed them. They were just invisible to me. I bought a Pathfinder. Now they're everywhere. I'm like, you got a Pathfinder. All right. You're waving at them like, hey, same car. I remember we were in my, my brother used to have a Jeep Wrangler. And we'd drive down the road. And Jeeps, I mean, it's a, it's a whole other world. But like, they're honking at each other, waving. 
Sean's giving people ducks, little miniature ducks. Like, what is that? Or you invest in a stock. If you invest in stock, how many know that your awareness of the stock becomes way greater, right? All of a sudden you realize, okay, it's going up. Oh, it's going down. Why? Your investment directs your heart. It directs your attention. And this is how I visualize it, is we have these heartstrings, right? We had a good series called Heartstrings. It was really good, talking about tying our hearts to what draws us or motivates us or leads us. And here's how I picture it, is like we go through life and we invest in things, and what we don't realize, though, is that we directly tie our heart to those things. And so we, we get material items, right? And it's something that's now a part of us. You realize that it's directing where we're going. Or we have, I don't even know if I have any money on me. I, I, I travel light. I'm just going to use stuff, though. And we start tying ourselves to different things. Hey, you know what? I'm living for someday when I am not working anymore. I'm going to live for investing in so much that my kids are okay after I die. Which, they're all good things. Don't get me wrong. Or I'm going to live in for that, that dream house, right? I'm living for a dream house or craft time. <laughs> my wife was really into crafts. And what we do is we start tying ourselves to the things of the earth. And guess where your attention goes? To the things of the earth. You start being drawn into every sale. And what, what else can I save up for? And what else can I do with my time, talent, and treasure? And this is what happens is when we're tied to the earth, then all of our focus and attention becomes what can we build here? What can we gain here? And what Jesus was saying with, hey, your treasure is where your heart is. So if you can stop being connected to the world and start looking at what I want to do, here's what happens. You start directly tying your heartstrings to the Lord's heartbeat. And then all of a sudden, your heart starts to be elevated to a whole nother level. And now, your focus is, what can you build for the kingdom? And guess what? This investment goes way beyond our lifetime. This goes beyond our generations to come. This goes beyond our kids, beyond our grandkids, even us, we're like investing right now in creative and arts in the schools. And Helm Creative has taken on this studio, and, and we're, we're investing in what's going to help the next generation stay alive in creativity, stay alive in dream, because we believe in it so much. But when we start investing in kingdom things, our heartstrings start being elevated, to where now we're looking for opportunities, and we're starting to study what is God doing? What is God doing? I'll take this, God. I want to invest in this. And now we start seeing the problem in the next generation. We're like, you know what? There's a generation that nobody believes in them. There's a generation that is put to the side because they're Generation X or Generation Z. Or, or, or no, nobody's going to look at that because they're so caught up in technology. And we see that. We say, you know what, Lord? We'll take it. I'll take it. I'll invest my time, talent, and treasure. And there's some of you that are in the schools. You're in the schools investing in a generation that may never say thank you to you. They may never see what you poured into them. 
But now your heartstrings are elevated. You're like, Lord, I'll take that one. And you start looking around. All right, what's more? One more. I want more. I want more. I want more. And we came into um, old Kensington. We saw this community, this forgotten community. We're like, Lord, we'll take it. We'll take it. We'll take this neighborhood. We'll take the, the kids that are in this playground. We'll take, we'll take all the families that are around here. We'll take the schools. We'll take them. And we start investing, and the Lord, what he does is he elevates our heartstrings. To where now, whoo, we're living for something greater than what we can see. We're investing in something that will live beyond our lifetime. Something that's greater than what we see. This is what the Lord wants to do. And when we start using our time, talent, and treasure, when we start pursuing treasure and, and storing it up in heaven, all of a sudden now our heartstrings are attached to what the Lord wants to accomplish. How many want to be a part of the Lord's plans? I was so challenged by this work because I'm like, Lord, help me to desire that everything that I accomplish in this, in this earth doesn't tie me down to something that weighs me down, <laughs> but elevates my generosity, elevates the way that I give, elevates it. And what happens is when we do this, three things take place. Number one, we start showing up to serve with our time. I remember walking into the building one of the nights, and the girls were in here um, setting up all the food and things for the, the, the food drive. And I walked in, and they're setting up the balloons and organizing all the food. And thank God for um, Lorenza and her OCD with, with how the shelves should look. Because she made it look immaculate. I mean, it was the most amazing thing ever. I'm just going to pop these balloons. Is that all right? I'm joking. It's kingdom. We can't pop kingdom. I'm just going to time here for a second. And I remember walking in and just seeing those that we're investing their time. What happens is when you start investing your time into kingdom, you start realizing that we're building something that's not of the world. We're organizing shelves so that w when community comes in here to get a shopping experience, it's not just, here's your food, here's your bag, here you go. It's like, come in, let us treat you like royalty. That's what the kingdom wants to accomplish. And so we start giving our time to that. How can we invest in this? How can we give ourselves to see more things happen here on earth? Number two is we start giving of our resources to build kingdom vision. I remember when Katrina started coming, uh, John's uh, sister. And she came because she gave it like a, a, a 360 camera thing and she had the inflatables and all. And I remember just talking with her and she caught the vision. She was like, oh, this is so cool. And she started now investing in these outreaches with her blow-ups and, and all the things. She had this one Nerf gun that was really cool. It blew up this balloon, and then you shot it with the Nerf gun. Like, it was so cool. But she started catching the vision. She said, all right, that's something I can be a part of. And she invested with her resources. I think about this last food drive, and even uh, Be Well Fed uh, with her truck message. Guys, this is so crazy. She, was, she sent a message out to those that she delivers food to. And Lorenza said, hey, we're going to now pick up food from you so that you can donate and give to those in this community. How cool is that? Giving of a resource. What she had. Abundant chiropractor. I think they, they fill a box every outreach. 
as one of those things that's just invested in. And China and Dr. Alex, Tommy, love how they're just a part of the vision, giving of their resource. Even willpower, we started working out at the willpower gym. When they caught wind of what we were doing, they're like, hey, we want to be a part. But I love, I love those that get involved and go the extra mile. It's, it's when you understand that you, you're capturing the kingdom, capturing the vision, and you do the extra. I'll just put a box out, but you put social up. You put messages up. I think of Chad in South, South Philly with uh, the, the small oven and, and how he, they went nuts. I mean, Jeff from his team went nuts on social and did all these things with peanut butter and jelly cookie and all the things that go above and beyond. But this is the power of when we all catch the vision and we all get to see God move here in our community. This is all of us saying, I'll take this one. I'll take that one. I'll take this one. And we all start elevating our heartstrings to see God move. I was crying thinking about the OGs of this church and how when we first launched Change, as we sat around as a group and we said, hey, this is going to take resource to get this thing off the ground. And I remember sitting in the living room and saying, hey, this is how much money it's going to take for change to move. And we're going to come into a community. We're not going to be a church that preaches, you need to give, you need to give, because that just, I, I don't see that as what the church should be preaching. And I was like, we need to make this thing happen from the start so we can be a resource to our city. I remember all of the hearts in that room saying, we'll give this every month. We'll give this every month. Me and Ashley, we decided, all right, we'll give this every month. And to this day, there are still some in that circle that still give monthly above and beyond their tithe. This is offering above and beyond. Some of them, they, they serve at other churches, and yet they still give above and beyond. And honestly, I was crying because that's the only reason this church has been able to sustain through COVID and all the stuff. We've been able to come now into this space because of those that believe in this. They caught it and they elevated their heartstrings to say, we will see kingdom built here on earth. It's going to take time. It's going to take talent. And it's going to take treasure. But we're in. And I want to ask you today, what will you do to elevate your heartstrings? What does God want to do in you that elevates your eyes to see beyond what's right in front of us today? The third thing that happens is we start using our talents to serve as purpose. And I could really get emotional about thinking about when, when Kirby stepped in and using her teacher, <laughs> her teaching gift to elevate the kids' program. And the reason I get so emotional is because every time I invite someone in here who has kids, and every stinking time, you can mark my words, <laughs> you can bank on it, their kids will walk out of that room and beg their parents to come back. Every stinking time. They'll come out and be like, how's Change Kids? It was awesome. It was so good. Can we come back next week? We got to come back next week. And I'm like, that's Kirby's gift right there. She elevated our kids program to a, a level where kids desire to come. My kids have been a part of this church for all seven years, six years and a half. And yet they still count down the days to Sunday. They still can't wait to get in the house of God. 
Our goal as a church, one of the biggest goals was we want kids to beg to be in church. I want kids to cry when they have to leave. <laughs> and it's worked. It's worked. Because of the gifts that we give. I think of Ashley. I know she's my wife, but man, she's good. And what, she, what clients pay her to do, she gives faithfully and free to this church. The strategy and the planning and the communication, making sure that the door is wide open to anybody who wants to come in. And allow you to find us through Google ads or, or things online. That's my wife. A lot of the community that comes in and says, oh, we got the email, we got this. That's my wife. What it is, is it's all of us coming together and saying, what do we have to give? How can we give our strategies? How can we give our talents to make this thing go? What we attach our heartstrings to becomes the place where we store treasure. I want to look at Luke chapter 6. I want to unpack this powerful principle because I believe this will revolutionize how we're going in. We're going in December, and as a church, we're praying over our pledges for next year. December 10th is going to be a day you're going to want to mark it in your calendar. December 10th, we're going to come in as a church, and we're going to pray over what we're going to plant and pledge over the following year. There's some big things happening. You can see one of our Gold Night uh, books. If you weren't here at Gold Night, we do have the books still here. And you can look through and see all the opportunities that God has for us in the end of this year and into next year. Some of the incredible opportunities we have to serve our city. Some of the things we've already done and some new opportunities that God is opening up for us to invest in our city. But look at Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6 verse 38 says this. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. I got to read that again because I don't think anybody heard me. Or you would have gotten way more excited about this scripture. Because <laughs> this is a really good one. Let's read it again. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. How many want that kind of blessing in your life? Okay, you heard it that time? Listen to this. For with the measure you use, everybody look at yourself and say, me. The measure I use, the measure I use, it will be measured to you. In other words, this, what kind of blessing you are, is what kind of blessing you will receive from the Lord. Not a give to get, but this is the principle in motion. He says, become a blessing. Become one that sees kingdom and invests in kingdom. Put your heart in a posture where you see what the Lord wants to do, where you're consumed with what God is doing. You're not investing in things of this earth, but you're investing in eternity. Those who will be in eternity someday. Man, I don't know about you, but I want my name written on the hearts of those that are in heaven someday. I want people lined up knowing that Elijah's investment got them there. That my time, that I spent, that no one else, I don't need your praise. I don't need you to say, good job, Elijah, you gave some. No, I just want my name written on their hearts. Because of the time I put in to invest in what God is doing here in this city. 
I want to give every dollar so that, I, that someday those, those that come up to me in heaven say, thank you. Because you gave, I'm here. Because you gave, I am alive in Christ. It says, give and you will be, it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And I wrote this down. When we elevate our hearts, we elevate his plan. When we elevate his plan, he extends his hands. We see this all throughout scripture. Is when the people of God would get involved with what God is doing, God would move on their behalf. When they would start to accomplish what the Lord wanted to accomplish, the Lord would extend his hand towards his people. So when we elevate our heart to elevate his plan, when we elevate his plan, he extends his hands. How many know we have a lot more to do in this city? A lot more to do in this community. We have a ton more to do in these schools. And as a church, we have a vision to see this community come to know the love of the Father. To feel the good vibes. To feel the good energy in this space. I love it because it starts with vibes and ends with the Holy Spirit moving in their life. (laughs) And I want to just take some time today I believe what the Lord is doing in our community and our family is opening our hearts, opening our minds, opening our lives to be the remnant. To be the remnant that will give our time, give our talent, and give our treasure. Just like those that were in the room when we first started change and said, we will invest so that they can come. And now we sit in a room And here we are. And we have the opportunity to say, we will invest so that they can come. We will give so that our world can know Christ. We will give our time, our talent, our treasure so the Lord can move. So I have two questions and I put them in the notes for you. And as Sean comes, this is what I want to pray over today. Number one, How will you tap into the Father's heart for our community? What will you look at and say, Lord, I want that one. Lord, I want the red one. Lord, I want want that school. Lord, I want that community. Lord, I want that outreach. You'll see in our book, I, I want the backpack drive. Lord, I want the toy drive. Lord, I want to put my name on it. I love that song we sing. Put your name on it. You put your name on me. That's how we do it. We come in and we say, Lord, we put your name on our investment. We put your name on our seed. We plant the seed in good soil, and it ends up you put your name on us. You bless us as your children. You bless us as your sons and daughters. We move on that. But I want to ask you a very personal question. How will you tap into the Father's heart for this community? And the second thing I want you to ask yourself is this. How will you elevate your heartstrings to store treasure in heaven? Maybe this is something you've never thought about. Maybe you've never thought about planting something that's for eternity. Planting something that's beyond you. 
But I want to challenge you to go beyond. And as we pray over December 10th, and we pray over our pledges, we pray, pray over how we're going to be involved. Some of you are praying over how you can be involved in this church. I can be involved in a team. Hey, we're a growing church. There's places to plug in. And, and I want to pray with you because I believe that when you tap into that secret sauce, ah, when you get involved in what God wants to do, or you start investing in letting go, we talked about the open hand blessing, right? So the Lord can pour more in. But how will you elevate your heartstrings to store treasure in heaven? I want to end with this scripture in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Verse number six, it says, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly and under compulsion, but God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. And here's what I'm believing. And as you step into this principle, we have the inheritance of the Father, that when obedience brings overflow, this is what he's talking about. When you step into the principle of God and you start being a blessing, and you start giving of your time, talent, and treasure, then the Lord gives you everything you need in every moment, in every situation, that you are beyond blessed, not just financially, but in your mind mind, body, and spirit, that the Lord starts to produce fruit in your life. And it's so much that you walk in abundance. Generosity literally just means to give more than what's required. And I believe that when you feel the, the heart of the Father, and as we talked about today, just who He is and what He has, then you start to walk in how He loves, how He gives. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.